This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm Ross. You know who you are. Thank you for listening. For a few weeks now, we've been having a series of conversations all about how child discipleship can happen anywhere, in church hallways and in homes and everywhere in between. If you listened last week, we had a fantastic conversation with Cynthia Dixon from Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. If you are a church leader who listened, I hope you felt equipped and inspired like I did. If you're a parent, I hope you gained a better understanding of what the church leader in your community might be experiencing. And if you missed it, I do hope you check it out. Today, we're going to shift the conversation to focus on parents in in order to help us do that. And to help us do that, we are bringing back one of our favorite guests, Dr. Denise Kiesbo from Bethel Seminary. I sat down with Dr. Kiesbo at the 2021 Child Discipleship Forum, and we talked about what families have been going through for the past two plus years and the specific role of parents in child discipleship. Dr. Kiesbo starts this conversation explaining the balance we must strike and how we talk about discipleship with the families in our communities. Thank you for listening. This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast. I think uh, what is really important to let families know is that while it is their responsibility to be the primary faith nurturers of their children, that can feel heavy and that can feel overwhelming, but they don't have to do it alone. There is this whole group of people at the church who loves their kids, who wants to pour into their kids, who have resources available for their kids, who are probably trained and experienced in working with children this age, and who have... Um, are eager and waiting for them to come back. Yeah. And so I, it's been a little surprising to me that families didn't just run back to church because <laughs> they were alone for a yeah. good season and yeah. only had the digital connection or phone calls or texts or emails or door drops, you know, yeah, those yeah, kind yeah. of things. And it's been a little surprising to me that families, um, they, when given the opportunity, they ran back to school. It was like, ugh. Thank you so much, teachers. Yeah. We realize now how important you are. <laughs> and I would invite families to think about that for the children's ministry team at their church as well. Like, you realize mm. now how important this is <clears throat> and how significant it is for you to partner well with those in church who are called to serve your children when you appear. Yeah. That's a <clears throat> that's an interesting... I hadn't thought about that distinction because I think that... One, there's a reflection there in the church, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reflection there on uh, when you're the ministries that were centered around discipleship did see that sort of running back yeah. that that was already there. And mm-hmm. if you felt a gap uh, for that person who's listening to this in your own ministry, like there's there's work for you to do as a church leader. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm starting this conversation as a dad of a five and three quarter year old girl mm-hmm. um, and a two year old boy. And one of the things that I'm so grateful for when I'm taking my kids to church is not only the, the training, the expertise that they have, but just simply the fact that they reflect a different part of the Imago Day than I do, mm-hmm. that they are able to come from a different background or a different experience or <laughs> correct me when I'm wrong, right? Like mm-hmm. that type of community mm-hmm. feels so obvious to me. And I'm wondering for folks who are resistant to that who are like, you know, no, I have to be the primary disciple maker. Is it from a place of insecurity? Is it from a place of like their own discipleship where there's some Mm. tension there on the family side or is there something else going on? That's a very good question. Um, And obviously you're not speaking for everyone. Right. You know, right. Right. 
I, I don't know if it's so much resistance. Okay. It may be more, you know, the, and that I need to be the one in charge of my child's spiritual formation. I think it may be more um, that they've been lulled into this new reality where they're oh, a little more individualistic in their yeah. faith journey. And so to embrace community once again for themselves and for their children hmm. may, takes, may take a, um, a, a relational prompt. Sure. So someone in the church needs to build the bridge. Yeah. And then people in the home need to be ready to step, hold hands and walk, walk across, across that it. bridge yeah. with their children in tow so that together we can truly partner to bring the best of what God would have for child discipleship. That's, oh man. So and what, what that makes me think of immediately while we're, while you were sharing that is, uh, so you and I are talking to the Child Discipleship Forum in September. People are going to be hearing this conversation uh, later in the year. But uh, my, my daughter just started kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And, and I had several people come up and ask me like, hey, like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, how did that go? Mm-hmm. And it was not emotional for me in the slightest other than just celebrating the joy because one, it was, okay, this is a thing my daughter's supposed to do. Like mm-hmm. it, it, I see how she thrives in it. She loves school. She's so much like her mom. Thank the Lord. Um, but she, uh, it, she, it felt like she was going home. Like it felt mm-hmm. like a really valuable place mm-hmm. for her. And when I think about that joy that I saw, I find it convicting to realize that, I myself, as a guy who works for a woman and talks about child discipleship every single week, was lulled into a piece of comfort and that I had to do it alone because of the context of the pandemic. And I think what I hope for folks to hear is you've already done this. You've already experienced what it's like to send your kid back to some community. The most fruitful place you can send your kid back, though, though is in the context of the church. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think you are particularly um, able to speak to is in this area of families, but in the areas of families who are being introduced to the church Mm -hmm. via their kids. Mm -hmm. This community, you know, a lot of folks who are connected to Awana, we hear stories time after time after time of their kid got embedded on it it and bring a friend night and the whole family came to know the Lord through the discipleship of that child. And we love stories like that. When you look at what the church is coming into, what families are coming into in the sort of post-COVID world, neither you or I are epidemiologists, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll call it a post-COVID world for sake of conversation. How would you articulate the opportunity for families in this environment to, as you said, step across that bridge? Yeah. Well, I think there's an invitation for families to reset mm. as they begin to re-enter the various areas to think it through well yeah. and to decide where do we want to spend our time and energy? Because if we don't do it intentionally, pretty soon our schedules will be completely full. Yep. And we will say there's no more energy and no more time. Yeah. So to take a thoughtful pause and ask the question, where do we want to invest? Yeah. Where is the most fruitful place for us to invest? What kinds of limits do we want to put on the activities we're involved in so that we don't pursue the good but miss the best and I think that can happen so often we pursue the good it's not as if all these other things aren't good it's just we're missing the best if we simply fill our calendars with the good so I would encourage families to pause think through talk with 
the other adult in the home or the grandparents or those who are wise counsel for you talk with your children yeah. and determine together where you're going to invest in this next season as you re-enter. Because we're getting a reset right now. Yeah. And pretty soon it's just going to all be snowballing unless we take um, a thoughtful reset and then enter in to, and put pr- limits and parameters on what we will and won't do so that we can pursue the best. Yeah. Something that makes me think of, so folks who listen to this podcast know how big of a fan of yours I am, but I first became introduced to your work because I saw you in the Resilient documentary, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll just go ahead and link to in the show notes of wherever you're listening. And you said something that it resonated so much, but you put words to this feeling of part of the reason why children's child discipleship can sometimes get overlooked is because we have this misconception of sort of treating kids like they have a junior version of the Holy mm-hmm, Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I, I've used that language so much, Dr. Kiesbo. Mm-hmm. I love to talk about how kids don't have a junior, how anti-biblical mm-hmm. that idea is. And yet we live it out so much. Mm-hmm. When I'm thinking about, you know, with my five and three quarter year old daughter, but for any child, how do parents bring those, their kids to the table for that conversation? Because there's this temptation to be like, no, we, we go to church or no, we, you're going to be a football player, like, mm-hmm. and everything in between. What does it look like to honor them with the full embodiment of the Holy Spirit that's within them? Well, I think it looks like having a conversation with them rather okay. than making pronouncements. <laughs> I think it involves listening yeah. rather than telling. And I think it involves agreeing together about what is important in the life of that child. And it's, a, it's appropriate for the parents in the home or the grandparents, the guardians, faith friends, whoever is leading that child spiritually to have a conversation and say, this is the most important thing in our life. Our faith journey is the most important thing. So how can our schedule then reflect that? And what would you like to be involved in that would allow you to express some of your interests and your, um, your joys and also allow you hopefully to experience the joy of growing in your faith journey as well. Yeah. So I think it's listening, it's having conversations, it's taking a breath, (laughs) it's not signing up for everything that comes across the table, but really maybe, maybe one thing each season and determining what that is. And then the pressures are so strong to pack our children's schedules so full. And unless we're intentional about saying, we really think it's important for our children to be engaged in the children's ministry of the church or in a midweek program, if that's a part of your church or in serving in our community. Yeah. We have to make space for those things. And that really lands on the parents to help the children do that. Yeah. And taking a beat to do that Mm -hmm. and taking a beat before, you know, there was so much conversation around like, can't wait to get back to normal. Mm -hmm. And the thing I always wanted to say to that is, I don't feel like normal was that good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I hope we never return to that normal. That was a frenetic pace that exhausted people. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. If you're anything like me, whether you're a parent or a grandparent or a ministry leader, you've probably asked the question, am I adequately preparing my kids for the future of the faith? That's why I'm so excited to tell you about Bright. Bright, that's B-R-I-T-E, digital curriculum provides an on-demand experience to help kids become lifelong followers of Jesus. The gospel-focused teaching with biblically sound lessons allows children to explore the Bible, 
cover to cover, helping them discover Jesus through scripture memorization, engaging media, and practical challenges and activities. This all digital resource is flexible and adaptable, complete with PDF teaching guides, printable activity pages, and weekly videos for children. Head to brightcurriculum.com slash free sample to download a free four-week sample right now and learn more about how today's kids are the bright future of the church. I would hope and pray that instead, we the new normal invites a more sustainable rhythm, yeah. a more priority-centered um, decision-making process, um, a more child-friendly and child-focused, um, mm. in, in a healthy way, child-focused yeah. um, process that allows the child to to hear, to speak, to influence, you know, at the age-appropriate level, of, of course. course. I mean, not, you're not asking two-year-olds the same things <laughs> you're asking 12-year-olds, right? Yeah. It's, it's age-level appropriate. But there's a, I mean, <laughs> for example, my son, who's two right now, asks me to pray like every 45 seconds mm. and it is such, it brings such joy to my wife and I because mm. clearly he has latched on to something about mm. this moment matters mm. he uh from from even before he was two whenever he heard someone say the name Jesus he would hold his hands out open oh was, so spiritual sensitivity so spiritual sensitivity mm. but what I loved about that was it allowed me to meet him where he's at and actually do the thing with him Mm -hmm. keep my prayers shorter than if Mm -hmm. i was praying with my daughter or my wife Mm -hmm. but the ability to already engage in that work Mm -hmm. felt feels so enriching yeah and the thing that i think about for you is you know the folks who didn't get the chance to see you at the child discipleship Mm -hmm. forum uh one missed a great presentation but also you talked a lot about your own family Mm -hmm. and the sort of uh uh, the non-delicate way to phrase this is you've done the thing. Mm. You were discipled. You are a resilient disciple. You've raised resilient disciples who are now raising resilient disciples. Mm. Can you speak to, because I'm thinking about that younger age group, mm-hmm. particularly with grandparents, mm-hmm. the sort of the legacy of faith conversation. I feel like there isn't, there's a conversation about how important that is and not necessarily a conversation about how that actually happens. Mm-hmm. As personal as you want to get, how Mm -hmm. did you and your husband navigate that with your own kids, your grandkids? Mm -hmm. Because I think folks need to understand that just because your child's grown up doesn't mean that your work there is done in discipleship. Mm -hmm. And the tremendous and unique opportunity that grandparents have Mm -hmm. to speak into the life of their grandchildren. Yeah, absolutely. I think grandparenting ministry is the is the new frontier in family ministry. And Larry Fowler and his group of Legacy Coalition are doing amazing things. They are inviting people to be intentional Christian grandparents and talking through what that looks like on a regular basis. So I would highly recommend that people check out Larry Fowler's Legacy Coalition. They're doing great stuff. Like, you know, Larry was a part of Awana for 30 years or more. Something like that, yeah. And now is really investing his... The rest of his life in developing intentional Christian grandparents. So grandparenting is is a, a place of great joy, and I think there's a different kind of space and rhythm to invest in the lives of the child, okay, um, the grandchild, than there was when we were raising our children. And just it's just a different stage of life. And so 
I would call on grandparents to step forward and to be present in the lives of their grandchildren and to invite them not just into the fun of grandparenting, but into the real faith formation of grandparenting. Um, and part of that means being present to them in yeah. whatever way you can. Some grandparents live at a distance, and so it might be Zoom calls or sure. traveling to meet them or getting them to come to you. Um, but if you live nearby, there are great opportunities just to simply share life and to share faith with, with your grandchildren in ways that carry on that legacy of faith formation in the lives of the children as well as the grandchildren. Um, have conversations with our kids about raising their kids and and being able to speak into that and to learn from them and for them to learn from us still, yeah. uh, that's a beautiful part of this stage of life as we as we interact with our children as well as our grandchildren. Well, and I think, too, what I respect so much about how you and your husband have approached this is it it doesn't make it weird. I think sometimes, like you were talking about, where folks can sometimes proclaim it rather than listening. The accessibility, however you can get that accessibility as a grandparent, allows for that the passion that you have for Jesus, the, the, the fruits of your own discipleship mm-hmm. to be poured out into such a critical relationship mm-hmm. associated with uh, your grandkids. So the thing I wanted to sort of land the plane on is there is, um, when you use the word reset, I think there is this urgency that I want people to feel. And at the same time, I don't want them to be overwhelmed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I want to say things like, if not now, when? If not now, what is this going to look like for you? And I think for the overwhelmed mom or the overwhelmed dad or the overwhelmed grandparent who's listening to this, who's scared about the future of the faith, mm. I always feel so encouraged when mm. I hear from you. Mm. What encouragement can we offer those who feel they're not ready to say that they've lost, but if they're being really honest, they feel like the future is lost. How can we encourage those folks to stay in the fight? Mm. Well, I think your grandchildren and your children are depending on you. This Mm. is no um, small task. We can't step away. We need to enter in. And even if it's difficult and even if it's hard and even if it's overwhelming, just take a baby step. Pray, ask God to give you opportunities, gather together with other parents or grandparents or those who are investing in child discipleship and and share your joys and your struggles. Yeah. Um, partner well with the, the people at church who love your kids yeah. and volunteer in the children's ministry so you can see what your kids and grandkids are doing and you can bring that home with you in a whole different way if you're present with them. Children love to have their parents and grandparents engaged yes. in the children's ministry of the church um so volunteer get involved um and and know that what you are doing is making an eternal difference yeah it's making an eternal difference so don't give up don't give up keep going and know that god is with you and you are not alone amen to that and i think i I say this all the time on this podcast but the person who's listening to this already knows how to do that i think we sometimes make discipleship too intimidating or Mm -hmm. too complicated Mm -hmm you know how to 
be in an environment with your kids. Mm -hmm. You know how to Mm -hmm. have a conversation with your grandkids. Those are things that God has already gifted in you and trusting that he is going to ultimately do the work Mm -hmm. frees you up to not make this so complicated. And and hopefully for folks who are listening to this, who are trying to, you know, share with their teams or the families in their community, makes it feel more invitational, makes it feel more accessible Mm -hmm. um, in this sort of conversation around family discipleship. Last thing I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. is just um, where can people learn, like stay connected to you, learn more about your ministry? I know you're a professor at Bethel. Yep. I'm at Bethel Seminary. So you can go to www.bethel.edu and find me on there. Send me an email, uh, connect with me in that way. And I'd love to keep the conversation going. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Owana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith, young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org slash lasting faith today. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.